0: understand from the moment they decide to sell until the moment the last box is unpacked in their new home, you have an opportunity to be their superhero by telling them, okay, here's what to expect. So the big question
1: is this, how do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that most successful agents hoard to themselves Grow and prosper in today's competitive real estate environment? That's the question. And this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars.
2: Rockstar Nation, this is Aaron Amuchastegui. Excited to introduce you a new guest, Caroline Carter. She's the founder and CEO of Done in a Day. It's a company that helps with transition and move management. And she's helped more than 2,000 families prepare their houses to get ready for top dollar. This is kind of a unique niche. And I'm so excited today about all the different tips that she's going to give us that's going to help all of you agents out there, and especially you listing agents as you try to you know, provide extra services out there uh, for, your, for your customers and as they make the, the transition themselves. So, Caroline, how are you?
0: I'm great, Aaron. I'm really honored to be here today. Thank you.
2: Glad to have you. You know, so when, when this one airs right now, it's, uh, it's kind of the, the craziness, the crazy time of the coronavirus where everybody is kind of stuck at home, Ah, uh, for some kind of for the first time, you know, ever. In, my, in my lifetime, the first time ever where they've just yes. made everybody go home and work from home, and I think especially right now, agents are looking to the news and looking to ideas, and I think there's going to be some stuff we're going to talk about today that can help people kind of right now while they're stuck in their houses. Right?
0: Absolutely, this is a great opportunity for people who are stuck at home. Obviously, we have to continue to do our jobs, but it can also we can use this as an opportunity to begin to prepare ourselves to sell, whether it's, you know, a week from now, a month from now, two months or a year from now, there are things that we know that we can do in a strategic sequence that can prepare us that we're going to have to do anyway, but we could take advantage of the time that we have at home now.
2: I think that's great. Well, I can't wait to get into that kind of strategic plan that you have. Before we jump into that, tell us, how did, how did you get into real estate?
0: I was asked by a, a a roommate of my sister who had recently lost her husband was living in San Francisco uh, with two small kids and said, I bought a house sight unseen. I have no idea what shape it's in. I just know that I'm going to move there because I have family there. Can you go check it out? Not as a realtor, because I wasn't a realtor, but go check it out and see what I need to do to fix it up. Paint carpet lighting, well, I had done my own houses, Erin, but I had never done done something like this professionally for anybody else. So I did a sort of assessment, if you will, you know, an in interior and exterior, and I reported back and said, "Here's what I think you need to do before you move in." She said, "Great, let's go with it." So I, you know, had the house painted, did some fast, easy, and inexpensive updates to kitchens, bathrooms, removed carpeting, refinished floors, and then she said, "Well, all that is great. Can you?" I'm just going to send ahead the 53 foot moving truck. You know, could you just settle my stuff? Well, I had never seen any of her stuff before, um, all of her household goods. And in fact, I scrambled and got a couple of people to help me and, and settled her home in a matter of days so that when the family came, this bro- emotionally broken family came, they were able to get to the business of settling in immediately. So that was kind of my first entree into real estate and you'd be interested to know Aaron even though we didn't speak about this I also after a couple of years in this business got my license in DC Maryland and Virginia mm-hmm. and as a as a realtor and lasted about 20 minutes <laughs> and this is a brutal a brutal business and I am so impressed by agents that are able to you know really serve clients long term because it's not easy dealing with clients in this emotional space of selling their home pardon me selling their home and moving to the next home is is filled with ups and downs it's a roller coaster of emotions for for sellers so i realized that what i enjoyed most about real estate was not actually selling i loved prepping the houses but what I enjoyed most was really diving deep with the sellers to help them strategically manage their time and money and, and the physical side of the process. So I went back to, after my 20 minutes of, of real estate, I went back to doing what I was doing, but focusing on the bigger picture, not just the sale of the home.
2: So your first project you worked on was kind of helping somebody move in. So the, right. they said, hey, here's my house, right. go move my stuff in. And I tell you what, we're in the process of moving to a new house right now. Okay. And while we were on, on vacation last week, that was the hope. Now our purchase closed a little bit late, so we didn't get to move it in before. But that was kind of our dream to be able to show up to the house and have it all right. moved in and ready. Now, is that still a service that you do? Or, or yes. Is it, so, you, so you still do that part. How did yes. you transition from helping people move into houses to helping people move out of houses? What was that like?
0: You know, in, in D.C. 15 years ago, there, there were not home stagers. Home staging was not a, it, it was not a common service. Mm-hmm. And I, I put my ear to the ground. I was a single mom, newly single mom with three little kids, so I had to figure it out very quickly. And I, and I dug deep, and I thought, okay, what can I do that I can monetize that will really be of service to someone? And the one thing I realized was that I'm incredibly organized and I can, chaos does not bother me like it bothers some people and sends them sideways. I am energized by chaos. I can create order out of chaos where other people cannot. I can walk into a room that's either vacant and see it fully furnished, or I can walk into a room that's a total mess and, and and see furniture where it's supposed to be. Meaning, you know, a layout that makes sense. So, so what I did was I began to do some research on home staging and realized that the only people that were staging their homes were the top, top agents who were doing it by themselves. There was no organization that was really working with the agents at that time to, to you know, provide these services. So that's where I started. I was taking my dog and pony show you know, to the top realtors in the DC, Maryland and Virginia area and and really listening to them about what is it that you wish you could have as, as part of your cadre of services that you really don't. And what I heard the most was someone to support this whole section, meaning I want to focus my time on listings. I, I want to get listings. That's That's my superpower. That's where I want to focus. But yet, I have all these client meetings. I have to walk these people through what they have to do to sell at top dollar. I have to help them secure the, you know, the trades that they're going to need. So it was this whole entire process. And I thought, Hey, I'm good at that. Okay. So I only did one project, but you know, I'm, I'm from Jersey. I'm very can do. So I thought I'll be that person. And it started slowly, but caught on very, very quickly. And a lot of agents said I was kind of the best kept secret in Washington. So so now I've, I've expanded our market into two markets, which is the Palm Beach area, because I personally want to live in the sun where it's, you know, today it's 80 degrees and beautiful sun. But we're also continuing to serve our, our clients in the last 15 years in DC.
2: So do, do people hire you? Do agents hire you? And how does that, and just give us a, an overview of how your, your process works from the first sure. time you get that call sure. to how far in the process you go.
0: Okay. So so the short answer is the agents typically pay for my initial consultation. What is the initial consultation? The initial consultation is when they refer their client to me and I have all of the difficult questions and do do all the hard work up front. Typically, they do not then need to return to the property until the day we've promised them it's, it's ready to photograph. So what that means is, an agent who only needs to go with me once to see how I roll with clients—they um, refer me to their client. They typically pay the four hundred dollar consultation fee for this. I sit down with the client, and we immediately talk about schedule and scope. Schedule meaning what time frame do they have in mind in terms of listing their property, um, and what else is going on in their lives. I try to really probe deeply to get a sense of how they're approaching the sale of their home. Because as you know, you know, moving is one of the top five stressors or stressful life events along with, you know, death, divorce, illness, and loss of a job. So I wanna know why. If they're floating, you know, if if they're gonna try it, that's gonna tell me something about their their mindset. I wanna know why they've made the decision to sell. Once we then schedule, you know, once we talk about the schedule, Then we'll begin the interior and exterior assessment, okay? That's when I will walk the property with them inside and out and point out to them how their current asset currently reflects based on current buyer expectations. And in order for them to sell at top dollar, they would need to reconsider or they would need to update, you know, not renovate. It's always fast, easy, and inexpensive updates because I'm I'm very cognizant that no one has... $20,000, $30,000, $40,000 20 dollars 40,000 under their mattress and certainly no one selling wants to spend this amount of money without justification. Right. So I'm very careful, but we look at everything from, you know, curb appeal to, you know, outdoor living space and I walk them through my mind, you know, my my thinking in terms of how we're going to massage where they currently are into more of a visual and physical positive rather than a negative. For instance, if, you know, their if their landscaping is is blocking the front facade of the house, I'll talk about how we trim or sometimes even rip it out and and start again to reveal the facade of the front of the house, which is, you know, your money shot in a virtual tour. I will walk them through you know, one of the things I was going to hopefully share today are the 10 things that, that agents need to talk to their clients about that will send buyers running, you know, immediately to the nearest exit. But, um, so once we figure out, you know, exactly what we need to address in terms of delayed maintenance, value adds, we will compile a list. We will then go to the estimate phase where I, using my contractors, they can use theirs certainly but using my contractors and typically most people will use mine for continuity then we get to the estimate phase and then you know and then we will you know hopefully go to contract the agent typically is not part of this process unless they want to be most of them say you know what after they get to know me and work with me at least once say listen tell me when you're ready to photograph and I take care of everything else that is walking them through how to prepare their house to sell strategically, how it's going to work, where we start, you know, in their own house meaning they're going to focus on exactly what they need to do as opposed to what they want to do. Meaning, if you think about your own house, we all have home offices, there's no one that can uh, make the decisions in your home office but you, there's no one that can address your you know, your medical, your financial, your, you know, all of your files, but you. So you're going to focus on making the decisions as a seller. I provide the teams that will support your efforts. Okay? So, then,
2: so you help them move and then do most of them hire you for when they buy the new house and say, Hey, help us move and take care of all of it. Or do they Absolutely. say, Hey, help us figure out where we want to, where we want to organize our stuff. Or Absolutely.
0: It it's, it's, you know, for most people, they want soup to nuts, and it makes the agent—you know—puts the agent in a better position where they they have more time. They're not spending the time handholding, and I have to, you know, I have to be honest with you. Handholding is not my strong suit. I I work most effectively with agents and with sellers who are able to change their mindset from the beginning and understand that, you know, as Americans we move eleven point seven times throughout our lifetime, but some people don't move for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And they need to, to, we need to understand, we need to discuss what this means to them from an emotional point of view because turning the, their home into a house, i.e. a marketable asset, is very different from selling their home. And this is, this is part of the difficult conversation that I have with their clients that, that I'm hoping I can impress upon agents is necessary, you know, to have with your clients. You know, it's, they are, we are not used to being told agents don't want to tell their clients, listen, your house smells. Okay. It truly does. It smells like pet urine or whatever. They don't want to be the bad guys, but guess what? I have built a reputation over the last 15 years by by telling the truth, but providing solutions. What sellers need to know is, look, we all live like this. Not really, but we all live like this. But there's a difference when it comes to selling. We can't sell like this.
2: Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchasteghi. And as you know, when you've been hearing these episodes, so many of our guests give us lots of free gifts and share the tools they've been using to become successful. We've got free real estate tools, scripts, eBooks, marketing materials, and more. We keep track of everything in our vault and it's updated with new items each and every week. If you want access to that stuff, it's totally free for being a listener. All you have to do is go to agentsuccesstoolbox.com, agentsuccesstoolbox.com, and get your free gifts now. So agent, I mean, I think that's a great tip for agents that are out there, right? So most of our listeners are agents. We're trying to teach them how they can take some of these tips and things that you've done and apply it to their businesses. And and that first tip there made a lot of sense. Like tell them the truth, provide a solution, solution. but to be able to say, what do you think are the two or three most common things that agents should be telling them that they're forgetting to?
0: I don't know, Aaron, if they're forgetting to or they choose not to. Okay. No one wants to. When you're pitching a listing, the last thing you want to do is antagonize a seller. However, to create a long-term relationship and, and a referral base that'll be with you for years and years, which I have effectively done. I haven't done a lot of things right. But the one thing I have done right is by truly meeting and addressing the difficult situations and questions head on. I I think the best place to start for an agent is tell me what you know or tell me what you understand about the real estate process. Tell me what you understand about the short-term storage process because they're going to need storage. Storage is a multi-billion dollar industry now because sellers cannot emotionally part with certain things, okay? They need to know what that's going to cost them, you know, per month, per year, ad infinitum. Because what often happens is, you know, out of sight, out of mind, and you'll be paying on storage for 10 years. So I, I like to work with the agents who are able to have these hard conversations, but who also have the solutions and say, all right, now, movers, have you thought about the moving? I know that you plan to, you know, be under contract before you're going to schedule a move, and that makes sense. But who is going to be your mover? And here are some, some you know, fast hacks I can give you to make sure that you are making the best use of your your time and money here. Look out for this, look out for that. I'd love to see agents extend themselves and their expertise beyond the sale. And I totally get that you are not compensated for this. But what I what I have watched is the agents that do this, the top agents in DC that look at t- the sale of the property in the context of their total home transition, meaning the sale of one house and the settling into the next house, those agents are the agents that become the go-to resource.
2: Oh yeah, and we had yeah. A, we had David Green on here uh, last week, and that was one of the things that he talked about. He had heard it as a tip on our podcast and went out, and it was to go help people move. So then he started yeah. anyone that anyone that he helped buy a house, he would go help them move into their new That's house. Exactly go, right. Load up boxes and furniture and things like that, and right. help them through that process of actually getting in right. to it. And that created so much goodwill where he got to meet all the That's family right. members, kind of answer real That's estate right. questions all day, and That's it turned right. into so many things. And so, yes, right now agents are looking for kind of that that extra niche, yes. that way that they can find extra things. So, two or th- What are two or three of the updates you talked about? You see houses, and here's updates. They're not going to cost a lot of money. What are the most common updates you're seeing where you get the most bang for your buck that you're that you're doing on ninety percent of the houses, eighty percent of the houses, something
0: like okay. That? The, the first thing is paint is the best money you will ever spend. And, and your first objection, and, we, and we've heard it for years, is I just paint it. I'm not going to paint. I, I love my purple dining room, okay, my eggplant colored bathroom or whatever it is. You have to stop right there because you didn't, you didn't have those hard conversations in the beginning before you started your tour. And part of the hard conversation is tell me a little bit about the value of your home. And you have to understand where people's mindset is to begin with. If they don't understand the concept of turning a home into a house, i.e. a marketable asset, their largest asset for many of them, by the way, this, becomes, this needs to become a financial conversation. The problem is the emotional backstory for everyone. Oh, yeah. Um, so they go ahead.
2: So other, but other than paint, right? So paint is a a good, easy one. The, I think most agents are are recommending that. What are, what are two, you know, one or two other things that almost every one of your houses, you're saying we need to update this
0: carpet, either remove it to, to reveal the hardwood floors or install it so that we're not selling stained, you know, frayed pet stained carpet, um, lighting, lighting is critical as you know. So, so updating your ceiling fixtures, your lamp lights, I mean, you may have to invest going to a TJ Maxx, a Marshalls, a Home Goods in a in a couple of lamps, but lighting is critical. Taking down heavy window treatments and installing, you know, easy blinds. A quick trip to Home Depot. As a matter of fact, most of this can be done from Home Depot, one stop shop. You're going to have to address standing water anywhere in you know interior or exterior uh, because it it literally is is an issue. Odor. You know, you have to minimize odor. You first have to figure out where it's coming from and then, and then minimize it. Any sort of delayed maintenance issues.
2: So that's a, that sounds a lot like our, you know, our normal flips, right? So when we're, when we're buying houses for fix-ups, we're doing a lot of that where you're, you paint everything. And, and really, you talked about odor. When everybody repaints a house, that's, that settles kind of 90% of the odor issues right there.
0: Not if there, I had a listing that he was a, a, a huge cigar smoker in the basement. And we had to bring in a special company that, that addressed the, it actually got into the insulation. So listen, I think that, you know, that the best money someone will spend is by looking at their own asset. Don't, don't worry about anybody else's asset. Start with your kitchen, start with the bathroom, start with the overall impression of the space. You know, we can, you know, as, as agents will often suggest you know, updating knobs and pulls in the kitchen, updating your lighting, perhaps updating your countertop, painting your cabinets. In bathrooms, we can provide updates without, you know, renovating the whole entire bathroom. And, and when you're writing up the listing, you know, you can say updated kitchens and baths. You're what are the looking, examples of
2: those things? What are the cheap, easy updates you do in the restrooms?
0: I will very often replace an old sink with a cabinet from Home Depot. They have the, the three-in-one. The faucet, the you know granite count, the the granite basin, and the cabinet. Um, I will very often reglaze, you know, blue and brown tile, and reglaze it all to white, and then install new hardware, you know, in a chrome. I will rip out old medicine cabinets; they don't even sell them anymore, like the thirteen-inch medicine cabinets. And I will surface mount mirrored medicine cabinets. I'll do the same thing with a lighting fixture. You can take off old degraded brass shower doors, you know the builder shower mm-hmm. doors, and install a a shower rod in chrome. Get new chrome hooks and a white matte lace shower curtain. Install all white towels, and boom! Yeah, you then know you're
2: updated. So, reglazing tiles is is that a big business? Are there a lot of tile reglazing companies out there?
0: You know what? There are, but you really have to look for them, and they are. I mean, we're not overrun with tile glazing companies, but um, it's a very toxic process. So in fact, it takes a day to prep, a day to do it, and a day to kind of air out. And what they do is they vent it from the bathroom window, but it creates a brand new, you can even do the floor. okay. And if you don't want to do the floor, then what you're going to do is you're going to tile on top of tile because the most money you'll spend obviously is in the labor. So you can tile on top of tile and raise the threshold, right? Instead of, you know, demoing the tile. So so paint, carpet, lighting, flooring, you know, adding shutters where there aren't shutters, yeah. you know, replacing outdoor, you know, exterior lighting. So essentially what you want to do is you want to look at that asset and say, how can I, you know, amplify or highlight the, you know, the assets of the property and and visually limit the liabilities. Every house is going to have liabilities. But essentially what you want to do is focus on amplifying those assets visually.
2: Yeah. So you, so you meet with the people, you go through, you recommend these updates and obviously mm-hmm. they're customized for kind of every right. house and every process. And so if an agent wants to start this process, if an agent says, okay, I'm listening to this, I want to do a better job at this. Yeah. We talked about when they first get the listing appointment, that's not really the time where they want to say, Hey, uh, it smells and you're going to need to replace your carpet. Do you think they should reschedule for a new appointment and prep them and say, here's what we're doing no. next? Do you think they Why should waste time? part of their listing presentation?
0: Why waste time? Because what I have found o- over meeting with thousands and thousands of sellers, what I have found is that they are going to either predis- be predisposed to doing this. They are willing to be educated and invest in the process. Or they're simply know-it-alls and they're, they're not going to do it. So I, th- what I have seen work the best is when an agent is able to say, look, we all live this way, but let's talk about how we can showcase value while also helping you to pack to move at the same time. So you see you're clearing out. Everybody talks about clutter. Okay, fine. We all have clutter. But you have to dive deeper than that, providing people with, look, here are the areas that you need to focus on and here's the the order in which you need to do it and here's why this is going to help you. See, people feel that agents, a lot of sellers feel that agents are only interested in the date to list their property, which is why by embracing the sales process as part of this home transition process, you can talk to somebody in a way that's going to resonate with them beyond the sale, right? We want to be um, full-service providers. A lot of agents do want to be full-service providers for their sellers. So understanding the process and at which point they can help them. I love your, your, you know, your story about helping with the boxes. You don't have to help with the boxes. You merely near, need to provide you know, a step-by-step plan for people to follow. They'll think you are a superhero, because no one talks about this.
2: No one tells them about that that process. They, they
0: don't. They So don't. you think
2: agents should do that kind of during their listing appointment or, or kind of right after and go, here's the process of what you're yes. supposed to expect. Yes. You talked about opening up with what do you know about the real estate process and then being able to say, well, here's the process that we kind of right. recommend and what makes us different right. with that. You talked about a top 10. You had this list of top 10 things that I think it was that agents should be telling their, their sellers yes. or, or that, that makes buyers What is that stuff?
0: Yeah. So I I think during your initial consultation, when you explain to them, look, I am here for you, not just for, you know, to sell your house at top dollar, you know, as fast as I possibly can. I mean, one of the things I say in the book is there's no one out there that could possibly answer the question, when are you going to sell my house and at what price, price point, right? Over how many days? No one can answer that. So you need to involve your seller from the beginning for them to take ownership of it. You need to have that conversation about changing their mindset immediately from home to house because the buyer doesn't care, right? So the agent, as part of their walkthrough, is going to say, look, I am going to view your home as an asset, as a financial asset, as a product that we are going to work together to market to ultimately sell at top dollar here's what I see, and I'd like to discuss it with you. And you are going to check at every certain point, as we talked about before, standing water. You are going to actually physically show them, okay, talk to me a little bit about why they're standing water here. Anything that beeps, squeaks, creaks, it has to be, You know, with, with reference to delayed maintenance, it has to be addressed, okay? Because it will become an issue with a potential buyer, so the second thing se- that, that's so exactly that, right. There shouldn't is standing be surprises. Water one of the
2: top 10 things or they- it is
0: one of the top 10 things. Um, and definitely where we've all seen leaks in the ceiling leaks in the, in the walls where it's been professionally, you know, ameliorated, but there's still evidence of the fact that there was water and there was work to be done. So you need to be careful that, that there is no evidence, or if there is evidence, you're able to back it up immediately. I mean, visually, you know how you know, the house speaks, the asset speaks, and we're not even there. We can't be there to address every single thing a potential buyer sees and how that affects them. The second thing we talk about is odor, must, mold, mildew, cigar smoke, cigarette smoke, all of it. Pets, yeah. I mean, we love our pets, but pets have a footprint, obvious delayed maintenance, leaks, Foundation cracks. You know, let's think visually about you know our roof, our our chimney, the facade of our house. You know, leaching.
2: There's so much delayed maintenance out there there in houses, and people get ready to sell. That's the last time they want. They're already thinking about the next house. So the
0: that's exactly right. But here's the deal: the golden rule in my business is to provide someone one year where they can do nothing but move in and enjoy the house. Meaning, there's no major there's no major maintenance needed. So you will go farther, faster in terms of your listing. If you're presenting that, right, you move in and do nothing for one year. Okay. The next number four is signs of rodents, any kind of rodents, pests, creepy crawlies, anything, because they freak people out. Okay. They don't know if there's an infestation. You want to make sure that there aren't termites, you know, by your foundation or your fence. And if there are, you want to address them. You can't pretend that you don't, that these things aren't going to become an issue. Buyers are extremely focused today. They, they expect perfection because they're, you know, it's readily available on their phones, and they're looking for perfection. It's not until they've seen you know, X number of houses and they've been beaten over the head and have to really adjust their expectations with their budget that they're able to say, okay, well, all houses are going to have something. Original kitchens and bathrooms, we talked about that. For buyers that presents as, oh my God, you know, I- I'm gonna have to, you know, redo the kitchen. Listen, there's a lot you can do to remove that from the conversation. As I said before, update. Look for paint, lighting, new flooring, anything you can do to buy a year, right? In those kitchens and bathrooms. All right. Wall-to-wall plush carpets. People don't want it. You know, we've all gone into those homes where the whole entire second floor is is this something like bedroom plush carpet. You know, you're better off installing, you know, a Sisal Berber blend, a low pile that's more in keeping. It's more updated in terms of its look. People appreciate brand new carpet. If there's hardwood floors underneath, rip up the carpet, buff up the floors and add your shoe molding. Bam, value. Creepy, unfinished spaces, attics, basements, storage areas. We've all seen in old laundry rooms the, you know, the concrete steps that used to go outside that now go nowhere because the house in addition was built out. Make sure that those windows are covered. That freaks people out. You know, the stairs to nowhere. Old, broken, and degraded lighting. You know, lights that don't work or have broken glass or are missing you know, lighting sends people sideways. If there are issues with the electrical, it makes them, all of these things make them wonder if there's some big, huge issue behind what they're seeing. And that's the reason we're doing this in-depth interior and exterior assessment. Um, number nine is brass, brass, and more brass. You know, again, builder no, was brass. It popular ones. Yes, it was popular once, but now we can remove it and replace it Again, quick trip to Home Depot and we've got chrome or brushed nickel. You know, we seem to change every couple of years. Right now it's chrome, and it's actually a mixed metal, chrome and brass together. But it's not that yellow brass that we saw that the builders used. Okay, it's more of a burnished brass. And then finally, number 10 is old wallpaper and bold paint colors. So People will often spend thousands and thousands and thousands on seller specific wallpaper, meaning we're designing our homes for us, right? Right. Because we love this paper. We love this palette. But when you go to sell your house, you have to stop talking about you. It's not about you. It's about the buyer. It's about where the buyer sees value. So often you have to, a good painter can paint over wallpaper but you have to neutralize it. this is not a surprise, but you need to have these conversations about these ten things specifically from the get go and you need to figure out where is your seller what do they expect you know um, most sellers will say well, and I'm sure you've heard this conversation too well I'm, I'm listen I'm willing to do a couple of things but um but I'm not willing to spend like you know, a lot of money here. I mean, my wife and I have discussed it and we think that, you know, about $15,000 is fair. And I'll say to them, uh, fair for what? And they say, well, fair to spend the house, to you know, to get the house ready. And I'll say, okay, I understand that. So we have two choices here. We need to adjust your seller expectations in terms, in terms of the price point of your house, okay? Because you also need to know where they're expecting to sell it. Well, I've never met a seller who devalued their home. They I always think it the it's worth more market. than sure, exactly. So so again, that gets back to that initial consultation, having those difficult conversations. Yes, no one has 20 grand, you know, underneath their mattress. But you know, very few of us live in a house where we're not going to need to spend a little money to to package it so today's, you know, spoiled over visually overstimulated buyers, you know, will relate to it.
2: Yeah. So I think those are, I think those are great tips. You know, when we go to, when we go to flip houses, it's kind of the same thing. We right. try to you know, tell people you want to depersonalize it, right? Cause everybody yes. has, if there's special, you know, drapes over windows that somebody really had customized or the wallpaper. Sure. Those sorts of things, right. People don't want to see someone else's memories. They want to start okay. their own. They don't want to see the, you know, the names of the kids anywhere. They'll start their own. I, I right. You know, it, it, you know, so as people get to kind of see that house, you want a fresh slate, you want something that doesn't bring any of that added attention, sure. um, you know, going into kind of the, the flooring and the different things, being able to have, you know, its right. own flavor in the right. house. I like that as advice uh, right. when you get into there To But I
0: you know. think as an agent, Aaron, it's your responsibility to be the truth teller. It's your responsibility to say to the seller, okay, I understand that, that you are not willing to remove, you know, the haul of forever, all of your family trips over the last 40 years. But understand, if you do not do that, this may in fact be the reaction. It is distracting. And, th- and then tell them exactly, here's what it's going to mean in terms of visual impact on the buyer. Oh, yeah. Okay? It is. there's. It is. Go ahead.
2: I think, it's, I think the easiest part of that when an agent does that presentation is just being able to visually show them the comps. We like being able to say, hey, if we want to sell your house for $500,000, here's the house that's the same size right. that sold for $500,000. And here's the appliances and here's the fixtures and here's the finishes. So if we make our house look like that, right. we're going to sell for $500,000. And if we don't, we're going, to, we're going to sell for less.
0: Right. But here's the rub. It's easy for an agent to say that. A successful agent who wants to create this stream of referrals for years to come is going to say, I have a plan. Here's what you need to do first. Because the first questions sellers ask me is, I, I don't know where to start. I'm overwhelmed. We're already working full time. We have three full kids that take everything from judo to you know ballet to you know math genius. There's no time. They need to understand strategically and in which order where they start and how they progress through this timeline. They need to understand the cost of short-term storage, the cost of delayed emotional decision-making. I can't give this you know, away. Maybe my kids won't want it, but it's great Aunt Mamie's dressing table. You know, there is a cost for that. There are other options. You take a photo, you put it in a photo album, you celebrate great Aunt Mimi without paying storage. You know, you need to be the voice of reason in this emotional roller coaster, and it is an emotional roller coaster like with very high 80's. highs and very low lows for these sellers because you know it's like hurry up and get the house ready. They get it prepped, and then it's the waiting game. So they need to to be prepped to deal with the negativity. People are vicious, okay? Sometimes they, and you and I both know this, sometimes they won't say a word, they'll simply say what's next, right? So it's, I, like it's the, I like what you yeah. said there,
2: the agents need to be the voice of reason during this yes. emotional, you know, kind of unreasonable time. We've only got a minute or two left. Sure. The, so you you talked about that there's a specific kind of process. Is that going to be the, you know, I know there's a couple of free gifts that you talked about. Is that going to be one of the things people can find, you know, you know do you want to, can we jump into that process now? Or is that something they should go find out there?
0: Okay. So, so preparing your sellers for the process is really the most important part of this, what i'm hoping to share with your agents today is understand from the moment they decide to sell until the moment the last box is unpacked in their new home you have an opportunity to be their superhero by telling them okay here's what to expect as we begin the preparation to get your homes to se- to get your home ready to sell you need to go through the three the la times says that each of us has over 300,000 things in our homes. Now, some of us more than others. In order to effectively go through this process in an organized fashion, they're going to need to, t- uh, to touch each one of those items once and make a, des- a decision about it. Are they going to sell it, dump it, donate it, pack it? So once that packing and prep is over, then they're going to go into you know, what I call no man's land, which is where they're waiting. They're waiting for the market to react about their house. Then they jump into high gear again once they have a ratified contract with a close date. Then they're going into the move portion. So if you can walk them through what to expect, the decisions they're gonna be expected to make, both large and small, over the course of this transition, they're going to be better prepared and they're gonna think you are a superstar for pointing all of this out. Even though some of it is negative, just because we don 't talk about it doesn 't mean it doesn 't exist it does exist for all of us, and it 's messy, but it doesn 't have to be a free for all that 's why I wrote the book it 's to, to demystify this process there 's a better way to 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 do it to keep your yourself and your family whole
2: Not to be their superhero so what's your what 's your free gift what 's that free gift for our listeners for today
0: so the free gift is I would love to interact with any of the real estate rock stars who would like to purchase the book, Smart Moves on Amazon. I'm offering them 15 minutes of my time, which is the greatest gift I can give anybody to help you put together your own home transition package in your location at the price point that you deal with. I think I can save you hours and hours and hours of of time to let you know exactly what you should have. In your deck, exactly the trades that you're going to need, you're going to need. And some of the fast, easy and inexpensive go to's that are in the book, but I'm happy to share them in terms of paints, carpets, lighting, you know, quick fixes in the bathrooms and kitchens
2: awesome so smart smart moves on Amazon they buy that book they can reach out to you they get a 15 minute essentially coaching session that's where you right. go through with them and say hey if you're selling houses in Denver Colorado and here's your right. price point here's what your own checklist should be that's right present to those people and, that's then how right. and they just put how they, how just they put the
0: real estate rock stars in the subject line so that I know that you you know w- was listening to the podcast today awesome. um, and they can reach me at Caroline at carolinecarter.com and the website is carolinecarter.com and I'm on all social media Cool. I'd love to be of service to your listeners.
2: We will have all those links in the show notes so you guys can see that. So Caroline at CarolineCarter.com plus Facebook, Instagram, all those fun places. Reach exactly. out to her, tell her that you bought her book, that you heard about her on real estate rock stars, and she will help you know get you customized to be able to do that. The Caroline, any any final thought, anything that so we we said we were going to at the very beginning, we said, hey, people are at home right now. What's just one or two things that while people are hanging out at home for the next few weeks that they can do if they're thinking about selling their house sometime soon, that our agents can actually put that on their Facebook as a recommendation to potential?
0: Absolutely. Start with, and I tell my clients this all the time, start with the most difficult tasks first, the tasks that take the longest. Two that come to mind immediately are our home offices. As I mentioned briefly, all of our files. You're going to need to do that anyway. As a matter of fact, During the whole entire process when the house is on the market and we're waiting for our offers and the move, you're going to whittle it down to two or three file boxes that you may take by car. These are the files that you need to function every single day for for your family, for your kids, for your business and so forth. The second thing we can do is create storage within our homes or in our own storage spaces Get to those garages, garages. excuse me, attics, basements, storage areas, laundry rooms. Take everything out. Clean it like mad and begin to be mindful in terms of what you're putting back because this is all going to need to be done. And you have time where you want to take a break from doing what you're doing. Do a closet. You know, begin to go through your clothes to donate anything to others that you no longer wear or that fits. Your entire house is going to need to be sorted, purged, and organized, regardless of whether you're going on the market in a month, two months, or within this year. All of these things will need to be done. So you can get a jump on them inside, or you're not exposing yourself to anybody else, but you really can get this done. Take one one project at a time and just jump right into it.
2: Yeah, I think that's, that's something right now that, that, you know, everyone's at home, everybody has that home office. And even if they're not planning to sell soon, right. that's like a, that's a good tip of what, you know, some things that people should be doing while they're I
0: I them. have one more that I think is, is kind of more fun that our kids can help with too. And that's organizing all of our photos, our photo albums, our photos, our, our pictures that are in frames. We may want to keep the frame and ditch the picture or ditch the picture and keep the frame all of that takes hours, and you are really the only one that can make those decisions. Other people can support your efforts in terms of packing it or you know, putting it in a box to donate it, but you are the only one that can make those decisions. So use your time over the next couple of weeks to tackle one of the hard areas and begin to make those decisions. You won't be sorry, and you'll get to live with it. Yeah, nice, clean, organized time. space.
2: It, t- it takes a lot of time to do it. It's not it physically does. exhausting no. but when you're getting ready to move. Yes, you're right. That is something that takes a lot of what should I do with this and how saving exactly. and framing. Love that. Caroline, Caroline at Caroline Carter, the go check out her book, the, you know, go reach out to her on social media and email and see if she can help you come up with your own plan of what you can present to all of your prospective sellers out there to help them be more than just an agent. She said today, be their superhero Hey, help bring them from the beginning of the transaction, teach them what real estate's really supposed to be all the way through it until they're settled in their new home. Uh, they'll give you a ton of referrals. I, I love that. Caroline, thanks for being on today.
0: Thank you so much, Aaron. It's really been an honor.
1: Rockstar nation. Thank you for listening to real estate rock stars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful if you find our downloadable items from each guest helpful please I need you to pull out your pointing finger yes the one finger that points at people and hit subscribe yes subscribe the more subscribers we get